first time lord. I'm Daniel Levane, and until I started this podcast, I had never seen a Doctor Who anything, and now I am trying to take it all in because... I love the show, and I love the Doctor, and I'm so excited about this week. I get to talk to two of my favorite guests that are joining me together because we had to, because this episode is just huge. So we're talking about The Parting of the Ways, episode 13 of season one. So joining me to discuss this amazingly mind-blowing episode is Jenny Fayberry and Ashley Martin. Hello! <laughs> that was the stereo version of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Hello, dear! All right, so welcome, guys, to the show, and uh, let's just start it with a bang. If you... Dear listener, have not watched The Parting of the Ways before listening to this podcast. Now is the time to pause and watch it because we're going to jump right in and there's no way not to spoil it. So there you go. There's the warning. And here we go. Holy crap. She's the bad wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Rose this whole time. Rose. Rose. Crazy, what? right? What? I, I, I mean, my mind just exploded and imploded at the same time. Because so last, I mean, last week I asked uh, Eric, I said, you know, I, I think I have a good idea of who Bad Wolf is and what it all was. And, you know, it, it was just the Dalek sort of manipulating the doctor to where he needed to be. Nope. It was just Rose so that she could find her way back. Surprise! Wow. And here's that the great was... thing. You're only at season one. <laughs> if season one surprised you like this, just wait. Oh, I mean, uh, that. Uh, t- so let, let's, let's take it back a little bit. Uh, I'm going to ask a lot of questions, and some of them you may be able to answer. Some of them may still be questions that will get answered later, but... By taking in the heart of the TARDIS, she is, as a human being, able to perceive time and space the way the doctor is. So that's, is that is it in that moment after she is taken in the heart of the TARDIS? Is that when she sort of across time, you know, peppers in the, the, the bad wolf? Is that when it happens? Um, yeah, I think so. But also I think it, it goes back to the very first episode when the doctor's holding her hand and he tells her that he can, you know, feel the world turning and all that stuff. And then she says kind of the same thing to him here. And he goes, that's exactly what I feel every day. Um, I think that was such a key moment for him Mm. to realize that she feels the same thing that, that he feels. Um, and yeah, that she's been, been leaving all these symbols for herself uh, across time and space to lead her back to the doctor. And that she can also save him just as much as he's saving all of these other creatures and beings across the world. Now she's finally the one that gets to save the doctor in the end. And not just the doctor, she gets yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, annihilate or disintegrate, I should say, 
uh, the entire Dalek fleet, the the re the newly rebuilt Dalek fleet. It, I mean, another person too. Did you notice that? Uh, yes, and we're, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. But like, I didn't want you to miss that because I, I like to point him out. Oh well, I I have questions about him too. But <laughs> oh, just wait. <laughs> she just like snaps her fingers, and I mean, she's like the phoenix from X Men. She's like Dark yep. Phoenix from X Men. She just snaps her fingers, and gone are the Daleks. Now, uh, after after the doctor has that cheesy line that's super awesome, uh, but very cheesy of you need a doctor and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and gives her the doctor kiss. Um, is all the power gone? Does she retain some of the power? Because it, it, it didn't sound like she remembered much when she comes to back at the end of the, the episode in the TARDIS. So. Is that what happened? Yeah, I don't think she has any of it left mm-hmm. in her. I mean, that's why he took it out of her is because he knew that she couldn't survive. And obviously he can't survive with it. But he was more equipped as a Time Lord to handle the to entire To be able to at least effect. resist it. Yeah, but of course it, you know, leads to his regeneration because he's dying. Yeah, even as a Time Lord, he couldn't handle it. So she definitely couldn't handle yeah. it. So as a okay, so because that, that was another question that I had. So the the this thing that happens, his uh, tran- transfiguration or regeneration, no, regeneration. <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, sorry, you know, he turns into uh, uh, Cornelius's, you know, son or whatever from uh, Junior. <laughs> Junior. Uh, so you know, I'm sorry, it was transfiguration back then. And when I watched this episode originally, I was so mad because I loved Christopher Eccleston. And I thought, ew, it's the tongue guy from Harry Potter? What? (laughs) What? But, I mean, I was sold. I had a short memory, so I didn't really remember him as Barty Crouch Jr. because I didn't really care for that character. So. I didn't, well, I, I didn't really care for that whole movie. It was uh, <laughs> it was not my favorite of the Harry Potter movies. But um, I I mean I don't mean I, I like I, I'm certainly not being negative. But my first impression, especially after Eccleston and that beautiful smile, that like bright soul lifting smile of his, um, David Tennant has some pretty harsh features. <laughs> like yeah, his face is very <laughs> angular like maybe i had just grown a custom of seeing eccleson's face but the moment like the dark coat and there's david tennant it wow i was like that's a lot of sharp lines oh. that's <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it is very jarring and like i said when i first saw this i was really upset because chris freckleston was just incredible. But by the end of David Tennant's first episode, I was a hundred percent sold on him and he's my doctor. His first episode in, as in the, the Christmas episode that's coming up after yes. parting of the ways. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, I just, that was, I knew it was coming. Uh, I mean, I'm not that oblivious to doctor who I know that there are, have been multiple actors, uh, portraying him so i I was prepared i I just wasn't prepared to like i don't know that i've ever noticed 
uh, David Tennant's features, the way that I just immediately, like when the bright light goes away and you see his face, I was just like, because in in that cartoon, well, hello there. Cooper concurs. Yeah. <laughs> hello there. Um, but, you know, the in a cartoon, you would draw a bad guy with all these angular lines, right? We uh-huh. see uh, bad guys like Jafar are very skinny and angular. And that's kind of the vibe I got from uh, Tenet. So I was, I was not prepared for that. So um, what you need to understand is... Every regeneration is like a punch in the face because you have gotten used to this doctor. You have developed a relationship with them. It's almost like a breakup. (laughs) It's almost like you are going through a breakup that you didn't want, but yet it's still the same person. And you have to understand that they're just going to have some different character traits because it does change their personality a Mm -hmm. little bit, but they have all the same memories. Um, So... It's always difficult, but you will find that with some regenerations, you're like, okay, I'm okay with this person. With some, you go, I really like this person. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you didn't like the doctor before. It just means that, okay, I'm I'm really good at this one. And there's some that you go, okay, when did this one leave? When when did this one go away? Cooper agrees. There's some that he just (laughs) does not like, uh, especially if you don't have nine. But- Every regeneration has its challenges. Um, but something else I thought was really unique is the name of this episode is The Parting of the Ways. Mm-hmm. And the chapter title in Goblet of Fire that Barty Crouch Jr. dies in is called The Parting of the Ways. Oh, that's... You nerd. I am a nerd. Wow. <laughs> that, that. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting pull. That's funny. I had not... I had not made that connection at all. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Um, I, 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 so I have. Friends, she has all this great knowledge. <laughs> she does. Every, every time she's been on the episodes, she has pulled some very cool trivia. Um, so I have a lot of questions about the. Uh, it, it's not the the changeling. It's the. It's not transfiguration. What oh, is it? Regeneration. Regeneration. Okay. It's going to take a little bit. You'll get it. Uh, we'll so with, cards. with the regeneration, like he does all this preemptive sort of uh, trying to warn her about it. Um, that kind of led me to think it that he, and I, I think you kind of mentioned it a little bit, like, he retains some of his memories, but not all of his memories. No, no, he has all of his memories. He just, his personality changes a little bit, but he still has all of his memories. He remembers all of his companions. He remembers what he's been through. Um, he just, his personality will change a little bit. His appearance will change. Um, so, so here, here's a super nerdy question. <laughs> Does he remember because of the way he perceives time in that because he can see everything that's happened, everything that will happen and everything that could happen. Does that mean that while he regenerates as a new entity, he is then immediately able to see what the past entity has seen. And that's how he is able to remember. I'm going to say spoiler sweetie on that one. Okay. Okay. I think I think there's a there there's some stuff that 
will come along that may answer some of those questions for you. There will be more on that in the future because it's just the the way Eccleston uh, presented it. Uh, you know, he's clearly he's always been sort of very. Um, he, he's been like a, a true guardian to Rose in that whenever she has been in peril, he has protected her. And so it felt as, as the regeneration starts to happen when he looks down at his hand and he starts to see it uh, sort of pulsing with that energy. He like almost like he wanted to warn her ahead of time that this thing was going to happen. And the, Part of the implication I got, and that's why I was asking the question, it sounded almost like he is dead. The Eccleson's Doctor Who, or the I guess the ninth Doctor Who, is dead. He's going, he's done. But as a way of cheating death, his species is able to just regenerate a, a, a new body or a different body. Um, that also comes with sort of changing who he is. Um, but I guess, I guess there will be more to that. I'm just sharing my perspective because that, that was, uh, very interesting, but, uh, we, we mentioned it a little bit ago and, uh, I don't want to miss talking about, uh, Jack Harness, Harness, Harkness, Harkness, H-A-R-K-N-E-S-S. Yeah, me and names have always had uh, issues. So, uh, but Captain Jack uh, really plays uh, that heroic part in this episode. Uh, but he had this awesome moment that kind of caught me unprepared, where he kisses Rose and he tells her how worth all of this strife and danger has been. And then he looks at the doctor and he kisses the doctor <laughs> and he thanks him, uh, almost implying that before he met them, he was a coward. And after meeting them, he has found the courage to be this heroic leader, like the way he was on Satellite 5. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the growth that Jack has when we first saw him, you know, where he's this timing it trying to just be all skeezy and make some money and now Swindled. yeah and now he's a hero yeah i mean he tells them i'm a con man and he goes from admitting that he's a con man to admitting that he was a coward and now he feels heroic and and ready for that position um so why I, I mean, it seems like the doctor's the one that's making driving the ship at that point. He, you know, Rose sort of falls asleep. He takes her into the TARDIS. Why leave him? Like, why not? He's aware that Jack is there. Is he just that concerned that he's about to change, and so he wants to get out of that situation? Or, well, they don't really tell you for sure in the episode if the doctor knows that Jack has been brought back to life. Um, mm. but, but him being left behind is addressed, um, later. Okay. So that we will find out more about why, uh, so, so he will be in future episodes then. I mean, clearly he survived. So I would hope that we get to see him again. I don't know. Hopefully. Spoiler, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, John Barrowman has said several times that when he kissed Rose and he kissed the doctor, he wanted to make sure that he kissed them equally. 
it wasn't like one was, you know, more than the other, just to show, Mm -hmm. you know, Jack loves them equally. Well, and and that was a, a thing that he did throughout his time in in these last three four episodes, or five, um, where you know every time the doctor and Rose did something, he was like, "Hey, how about me?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one or the other would respond, and he would imply, "Well, no, no, both of you." Uh, and, and in this very episode, you know, Rose gives him a hug. Uh, and he goes, hey, how about me? And then he goes, no, I meant a hug from from you, uh, implying that he wanted to have a hug from the doctor. Yeah. He does so, them all equally. What do we say? Trisexual? He'll yeah. try anything? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's uh, he is very fluid. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He, he is a fluid individual. But that, I mean, his, his whole... Uh, rousing speech to the the residents i guess of the lower platform uh was you know in in a show that has a lot of inspirational moments it seemed like such a great sort of leadership moment like here's your opportunity to do the right thing or you could just sit down here and if you sit down here just sit quietly and listen as we die for you yeah (laughs) You know, and like just laying it on thick, like this is, you know, we're going to do this for you. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to come down. Ultimately, they did. Um, but, it, you know, such a great moment for Jack uh, to sh- sort of show that he isn't just this cavalier, uh, suave little guy. He can he can also be a leader and he can be a strong leader at that. I think Jack definitely has leadership potential. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Um, so other than that, I mean, we have heard but had never seen on screen that the and, and we get even a little bit more about the time war and how the time lords all but sacrifice themselves to destroy the Dalek. And we see the, the doctor basically getting ready to do the same uh, and to make a decision that would sacrifice even more than just the time lords for the sake of stopping the, this menace uh, from infesting the universe. Are we to believe that Rose just finally finished what the Time Lords had started? Well, it's a hard question to answer because I don't want to spoil too much. Um, Mm. Because very similar elements of this will come up again. (laughs) Okay. Um, So I don't want to say too much. At Um, this point, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Because uh, like, she she does say yeah. those words. She says those exact words. She says... The time will end. Yes. Because at this point, the doctor thought he had done it. He had thought they were all gone. And we find out from the emperor of the Daleks that, no, his ship had escaped, unbeknownst to the doctor. And mm-hmm. that's how he was able to recreate um, the Daleks and bring them back. So... As of right now, yeah, we think they're gone. But 
Who knows? And the emperor of the Daleks, was that an actual position or was this sort of the last surviving and he decided to absorb command? I think it it definitely is a position because, I mean, the doctor knew who he was mm-hmm. when he heard him talking mm-hmm. and introduced Jack and Rose to him. So it's definitely someone that he knew from his past. So would the Dalek that we had met uh, earlier in the season been involved uh, with this group? Would he have been part of the same uh, group that fell through this time rift? Or was he just a a lone soldier? We don't really know. I'm thinking probably, yeah, we think no, um, because he just is kind of like the lone Dalek. And he doesn't have any human DNA in him until Rose touches him. Yeah. And these newer uh, army of Daleks have been made from human remains. Mm -hmm. So what, what else did I miss in this episode? Cause I, I just, by the end I became so fixated on (laughs) that reveal that I'm sure I missed something. So I have two notes that I thought were really cool about this episode. One that the doctor, uh, Told the Daleks. Do you know what they call me in the ancient legends of the Dalek homeworld? The oncoming storm. I just love that quote. I think that's a great... <laughs> and that comes back. Yeah. And if you're going to be known as something, that's a pretty darn good thing to be known as. Like The oncoming storm. Yes, I'm the oncoming storm. And the other thing is that Rose really made a decision about Mickey in this episode. Um, Mickey was like, oh, you can just come back here and all that. And she said, there's nothing for me here. Well, yeah, that uh, talking about that moment, it that clearly she is, you know, upset by the fact that the doctor sent her away, and she sort of has that that drive in her to she she wanted to be of help. She didn't want to be sidelined. She didn't want to be treated like this thing that needed to be protected. Um, but that that speech definitely says something, uh, and we, we touched on it uh, in earlier episodes of the podcast. Uh, Jamie brought it up, and we discussed it even with Ashley. That uh, you know the the reality is that when faced with the opportunity to walk into that TARDIS and step into that life, there there's a there's a big decision that has to be made, and that. In truth, most people, while they out, outwardly would say, I would be absolutely like Rose and just jump into the TARDIS both feet, uh, you know, both feet first. The reality is if we had to think about it, we might be a little bit more like Mickey where he he doesn't mind being a part of it and he's certainly shown to have a, a certain level of courage and a certain level of being able to to do what is needed to save the day. But he's, you know, he's comforted uh, and he finds comfort in the having the same rituals, whereas Rose is clearly not that person. Rose says it. What do I do every day, Mom? What do I do? Get up. Catch the bus, go to work, come back home, eat chips and go to bed. Is that it? Yeah, the yeah, doctor the, showed her a better way to live. 
Yeah, that that's a profound moment uh, because she she clearly knows now, having been sort of faced with it, that she she is not meant to just be a shop girl. She is not meant to just go through life, you know, in in that sort of very um, average kind of way. And that's not to say that average is bad or that you know that people that choose that lifestyle are you know wrong but not everybody can be an adventure not everybody can be bold like she is and that's okay yeah i mean we can't all be rose tyler that's what makes her so special well right and 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 that's in i almost felt like i didn't you know for the first time i didn't feel bad for mickey uh i mean yes she is absolutely telling him that she's meant for something more than just being around him and just leading their normal earthly life. But she doesn't say it in a way that seems like I am choosing somebody else over you is that she chooses a life that he can't give her and a a life that he's clearly not prepared to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, and that's okay. I mean, she's choosing something bigger than just a regular, you know, boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. There's more at stake. And I think it's good that she finally gives him a proper answer, Mm -hmm. because he's not going to be waiting around for her. He knows that she cares about him, but she's also giving him the opportunity to move forward. Well, to me, it almost seemed like she was showing that she not only just cares about him but but that she cares about everything else oh, yeah. that she cares yeah. about the universe being in peril and that she wants to be a part of the solution yes. and not just be mm-hmm. sidelined and i think that's why i think that's why like every other time that they've had a conversation i've always felt like mickey's gotten the short end of the stick <laughs> that you know she she really does owe it to him to say something and then when she finally does say it in this episode I felt like, of, of, of course, of course, that's the life she chose. And it's almost like she doesn't give Mickey an opportunity to disagree with it because he knows that that's a better life than than he would offer her. Um, and that he is, you know, he, he admitted it to the doctor, a better life than he's willing or able to take on at that moment in time that, you know, in, in years in the future, maybe Mickey might be ready, but that he's not ready to be uh, out gallivanting through the universe and getting into peril and, and, and doing those heroic things like Jack did to save humanity or the world or the universe. It's a good conclusion for them. It's a good, it makes you feel good about their relationship and how it has ended up. Yes. I, 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 I guess, cause I had been feeling very, conflicted about rose's um perpetual state of flirtiness uh, because i felt so bad for mickey i i wanted her to you know if she's gonna be mickey's girlfriend to be mickey's girlfriend and i feel like this was a, a great way for her to just sort of say this is this is where we are this is where i'm going and it, it 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 almost didn't even feel like an end. It just felt like a conclusion of that moment of that transaction, if it were. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> in a way. But uh, Ashley, is there anything uh, that I missed? Anything else that I missed in this episode? Um, well, there were just a couple of like tidbits that I thought were really fun. Um, when the doctor sends her back home, the spot where the TARDIS is, is the same intersection from Father's Day. When they go back to see her dad die, mm-hmm. it's the same intersection. I noticed that I from the same they they use the same camera angle too, mm-hmm. with her and Mickey sitting there by the road with his car next to it, and the fact that it's really her dad that gets Jackie to, mm-hmm. you know, join in the cause finally, and be that, fully supportive. So that that was a thing. I, I was surprised by her reaction, and I guess it was more or less sort of the incredible, you know, the the incredible nature of what Rose had just mentioned. Um, but you know how how short she is with Rose. She's like enough, and runs out of the TARDIS. And you're like, <laughs> why would that be hurtful? Like it, it would feel like having the knowledge that you've carried this this idea. That, you know, thank goodness there was somebody to be there for my husband's last moments. uh, And I just never knew who she was to all of a sudden being able to look in the face of your daughter and know, holy crap, that was you. What like I I felt like that moment (laughs) went a different way than I was expecting it. I thought she was just going to run up to Rose and give her a big old hug. And instead she runs out and I'm like, that's. Wow, that's weird. And then she comes back with that big old giant, you know, tow truck. <laughs> From Rodrigo. <laughs> right. Don't ask how I got the favor. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it, I always kind of got the vibe that, you know, obviously Jackie understood that Rose was traveling, but she would always hear just about the adventures of, oh, we went to this planet and this really cool alien place. But I don't think it had actually hit her that her daughter could travel in time. Mm hmm. And that she could go back in time and see her father. I think that that's why she ran out because she was so startled by the fact, you know, it, it, she didn't want to admit it to herself that, oh my gosh, that was her when he died. I can imagine like if you're a mom hearing that your child, who's now an adult, sat with your spouse when they died, like getting that before they were born. Yeah. Getting (laughs) Mm -hmm. that. Well, no, she was born already. No, well, that's right. She was a baby. Yeah. But getting that news, like, I couldn't imagine, first of all, as a parent, you want to protect your child by all means and never have them feel pain. Then knowing that they held your spouse while they died, like, I couldn't even imagine what was going through Jackie's mind at that time. So... I first think that she probably ran out and bawled her eyes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my poor baby Rose and then my poor husband. And then, okay, I've got to do something for Rose because Rose has been through this absolutely traumatic thing. That's probably going to require counseling for the rest of her life. <laughs> Let's go get this giant thing to help her with the TARDIS. So here's the million dollar question. You may not be able to answer. Okay. Are, are we done with bad wolf or is bad wolf going to come back? <laughs> and scene. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be an entire season no. running theme, but I would say in Doctor Who world, nothing is over. Yeah. <laughs> nothing's mm-hmm. ever over. Nothing's ever ending. 
there's always a possibility because time and space, wibbly wobbly. Mm-hmm. Mm, all right. <laughs> So we're not we're not done. We're not putting um, now. Would we say that Rose, with her fully infused of the time vortex, that that's the version of Bad Wolf? That it's not just Rose, but that the super powerful time vortex version of Rose is Bad Wolf. The version of Rose, yeah, that's infused with the time vortex. That is the Bad Wolf. Yeah. So, like, the the difference between Jean Grey and Dark Phoenix is Jean Grey's got her powers. Dark Phoenix is, like, the more destructive, more evil of the two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love this delicate tap dance you both are doing. Uh, it, it's fantastic, and I appreciate it immensely. Yeah, I mean, uh, we could tell you everything right now, but that would totally ruin your viewing experience. It also would confuse the heck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but, oh, no, wait, hold on. And then you have to jump back, and then there's this other thing. Well, and the great uh, thing is, is you don't even realize it, and we have given you hints throughout <laughs> this entire season with things that we've said, especially me, because I do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. That you don't even get that you're getting and then mm. you'll get to the episode and something that i've said you've been like holy crap she's <laughs> been giving me a hint this is see cooper knows cooper he's hers. um you'll get to that part and you'll be like holy crap she's been giving me these hints the whole time <laughs> you're just leaving I'm, information like bad wolf. I, I am i'm 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 my own bad wolf <laughs> and you'll get to that point and you'll be like Oh my gosh, look what she's been doing. So I, I love that. I think that's been fun. For me, it's very fun. For you, you don't even know yet. This uh this run, this first run, I guess I've I've now seen the first my first full doctor run. Yes. Uh because uh, now uh, now he looks different. The doctor looks different. But if this is the week, and I, I said it in an earlier episode as well, uh, that I was told the first season of their new relaunch is the the weakest. If if this is the weakest, and I've enjoyed myself so much through the weaker seasons, I uh, I'm just over the moon, uh, super eager, and then filled with anticipation to see what happens next. Oh, just wait. Oh, oh my God. So much. I'm so excited for you to start with my favorite doctor. With your favorite doctor. Well, I, I, I cannot wait to see what happens with uh, Barty Crouch Jr. Uh, Barty Crouch Jr. will be completely wiped from your mind yeah, he's by the end of his first episode. Okay. I, I would say before you do watch that, before you watch The Christmas Invasion... Go on YouTube or something and find the Children in Need special from 2005. Um, it's something they would produce every year, and it's a little, uh, like, two- or three-minute scene uh, with the Doctor and Rose that takes place right after uh, the end of this episode and just before the Christmas invasion. Okay. So, so I will watch the Children in Need special. and then go into it. Excellent. <laughs> It's not something that you absolutely have to see. It doesn't, you know, it give you something huge that if you miss it, you won't understand the Christmas invasion, but it's just a little, little something more. It's, it's going to give you extra and yeah. we will always give you extra. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. 
Okay. Lots of information there. Well, thank you so much for joining me, guys, for this uh, amazing conclusion to the first Doctor, or my first Doctor, the Ninth Doctor's Saga. Um, And thank you, dear listener, for making it to the end of yet another episode. If you would like to support the show, you can head on to firsttimelord.com. There you will find all of our previous episodes and links to our merch store, as well as my Patreon site, where you can subscribe and become a Patreon. And for $5, get access to future episodes earlier than they go on the normal feed. And of course, like I said, the merch store, which now has some, uh, I think, pretty cool Christmas Doctor Who stuff that is tied to our podcast. uh, So you can support the show that way as well. But thank you so much. And I guess I I, I gotta wrap this up because I gotta go watch a Christmas special. Yay! Enjoy! Enjoy! Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I. 